of creation. No cockapoo. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my story this week is Space News. This is from Gizmodo. Uh, the headline is Web Telescope shows the pillars of creation like you've never seen them before. I s- Assuming you've seen them before. I have. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people have, but yes. Yeah. I have seen them They're before. Like, it's like one of Hubble's most famous images. Um, for those who can't see, because this is a podcast, they look like a big space hand, basically, um, made out of stardust. And it's just, it's a very awe inspiring um, image. Uh, but yeah, the James Webb Space Telescope has now captured an image of it. Um, the pillars of creation are an arm of the Eagle Nebula, which is oh. a cloud of dust and gas. Um, that's about 6,500 light years away from earth. Uh, and they said the entire nebula measures about 70 by 55 light years. It's so weird to like, think of light years as like, a I know it's a length, and I, but it always just like, it always messes yeah. with me. Um, and they said the pillars of creation are a roughly five light year long arm of the larger structure. Um, oh, so yeah. So basically it would take light five years to travel from the top to the bottom of this. I, I mean, in space, everything is relative. So it's side to side top. It's up to you what you want the length to be, but, um, from the pointy part to the not pointy part, it is approximately five light years. Um, so these uh, pillars of creation are named for their magnitude. Uh, they are, like I said, light years long tendrils of gas and dust that reach out like the fingers of a giant cosmic hand. Um, and it definitely, it looks a little bit like a hand. I can see it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, Alex, you've seen the image. I have, well. yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just realized I haven't like shared it with you or anything. But I um, could also pull it up just for ease of talking about it. Yes. And I will do that too, because for some reason I also don't oh, have I... to pull up. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, it looks like yeah. I mean, it it looks like a hand. It looks like a reaching a glove, kind of grasping. Yeah, like a like the one, the central one, kind of looks like the thumb of a hand. Maybe if you kind of can picture it and then like this part is it's kind of like <laughs> reaching like this i'm trying to show in my camera <laughs> yeah it is I mean. it's like uh, it's like reaching up like, like this yeah but you're kind of like viewing it almost from the bottom. i don't know it's it's a very it's a very like stunning image um but basically yeah web captured it in even more detail than we've ever seen before um and the thing that web likes to do is remind you that there's like literally countless stars and galaxies and stuff behind any like given object in space. Whereas like the Hubble yep. um, one, you can see like maybe a few dozen stars in the, in the web one, you can't count them. There are just, it just goes on forever and it's very beautiful. Um, <sighs> and there's just like an amount of fidelity with like the clouds of dust in the actual object itself that like, it looks great in Hubble, but like it just can't compare to like the amount of detail that they can capture with Web. 
I know. Um, I always thought that that picture looked really cool, like the Hubble picture of it, but it's just so different, like the web version. Yeah. And yeah, the first thing that struck me was the the amount of stars in the background. Like, it's just incredible. And mm-hmm. also, do you know what these, like, red, shiny pieces are? Did you notice that? I actually, I actually do oh, know what the red, shiny pieces are. I would love um, to know. That was actually part of this article. They mentioned that the uh, the small red dots on the edges of the pillars are actually very young stars, um, oh. only a few hundred thousand years old. So, wow. yeah, like the those like bright red ones you can see like in the tip of the like the central pillar. Um, that that's like an that's like a a very young star, and like those bright red streaks in the clouds around it are like ejections um, resulting from the star being formed. Wow. Um, and yeah, there's, I don't know which specific image you're looking at. Um, like if you, do you, do you have the one that you're looking at? Like, does it have towards the uh, like lower left of the image, like its own kind of like red spike kind of in front of the hand? Um, I'm going to send you just the, the one that I'm looking at. I saw maybe. earlier, I thought I remember seeing that, but the one that I'm looking at at this moment does not have that. Yeah, there's. Some of the images are, like, um, cropped to look like the Hubble one, but the actual image that was captured is at kind of an angle, and there's yeah. a little more detail at the base of it. Um, so I just sent you the image I'm Oh, yes. At. Yes, the full one. Okay. Thank you for resending yeah, so, this to me. I saw this, like, earlier, but... Yeah, because it's... Yeah, like, those yeah, little, the, like... The, cro- the one cropped to match the Hubble one is cool, like, for comparison purposes, but the full-size image is, like, <sighs> even more stunning in that front, like pointy object in front of the of the hand part like has like this bright red like there's clearly like a star that just formed in that part yeah it's it's really cool looking i'm I'm just like re just being awed by this all over again like the full image like oh my gosh it's just so cool another one of those it's another one of those images where you could just stare at it forever i know new things they just it's it's just amazing to that they're able to capture stuff with this level of detail. Oh, it's incredible. And honestly, it looks like something out of like a space fantasy like right. art like it, it looks novel almost, or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. It looks almost artificial in that sense, but it's but it's real. Wow. Um yeah, it's just such a beautiful image. Oh, so um, beautiful. But yeah, that's that's really all I had about it. Um other oh the, right. the the nebula itself they said and I thought this was interesting the nebula itself was discovered in 1745, oh. um, because apparently like the nebula itself can be viewed with like a relatively cheap telescope, um, if you're in an area with low hmm. light pollution. I didn't know that. Um, though obviously you wouldn't see any kind of detail like and obviously nothing compared to this, but like you wouldn't probably even be able to see where this is and it. it would just kind of look like a shiny blob in the sky. So when they say discovered in 1745, that's probably what they saw. But um, it was discovered that long ago. Um, and the pillars became famous when they were imaged in detail by the Hubble Space Telescope uh, in 1995. And then again in 2014, I believe they captured like uh, another image with like a different set of tools or something. Mm. from, But also from Hubble. But yeah. Wow. That's Incredible. The, uh, the, the pillars of creation. <laughs> This is 
from Mashable.com, and the headline is, Fat Flightless Parrot Left Out of New Zealand's Bird of the Year Vote Because It's Too Popular. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I have potentially found us another yearly contest that we can follow, Anthony. Okay. It's New Zealand's Bird of the Year Contest. Okay, that's exciting because they have like a lot of birds in that area that are only found in that area of the world. They do. And I think I think all of the birds in there are like New Zealand area species that you can vote for. It'd be kinda weird if they weren't. Yeah, it would it kinda (laughs) would be. It was just like a why but but yeah, it's like New Zealand birds. (laughs) And this is a contest that happens every year. But the news this year is that the Well, I'll just read my notes. Voting for New Zealand's Bird of the Year opened this week as conservation organization Forest and Bird kicked off its annual contest. However, this year there is a notable absence on the ballot. The country's beloved cockapoo. It's cockapoo, right? As far as I'm aware, that's that's I've heard that pronunciation. (laughs) I'm going to say cockapoo. Hopefully I'm (laughs) pronouncing it. The cockapoo has been barred from this year's competition, allegedly due to concerns the two-time winner will once again dominate his opponents. <laughs> Perhaps most popularly known as Slack's party parrot, the cockapoo is a, quote, oh. chop- yeah, the party parrot <laughs> gift. I know the party parrot. <laughs> so do I. I didn't know it was this type of bird. I learned that when I was reading yeah. this, but... I was like, I assumed it was a parrot. (laughs) Just a regular parrot? No, it's this specific type of parrot. It's this specific type of parrot. (laughs) Um, According to this article, it's a, quote, chonky, flightless green parrot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it deserves a better world than we've given it. I was like, oh. (laughs) That's what they wrote about it. Goodness. Um, Apparently, predators introduced to New Zealand during British colonization have hunted these native birds almost to extinction, and they estimate that there's only 252 left um, alive. Oh, wow. So they're That's they're so in danger. Yeah. yeah. So um, now we will hear from Forest and Bird spokesperson Ellen Rikers. It's a hiatus. It's definitely not a lifetime ban. At its core, Bird of the Year is a competition about celebrating and raising awareness for all of New Zealand's amazing native bird species. We want to keep the contest fresh and interesting every year and share some of that cockapoo green limelight with other species that have equally cool backstories, fascinating lifestyles, and good looks. We'd love voters to discover some of our hidden gems. That was Forest and Bird spokesperson Ellen Rikers. Your impression of her made her sound just like she was about to tear up at any moment. (laughs) She was like devastated to be delivering this news. (laughs) She's very emotional. Yeah, wow. I mean she clearly cares a lot. That's that's very important to this contest. Yeah, she does. She she cares a lot about the birds. Uh, Forest and Bird have run this Bird of the Year competition since 2005. Uh, and the cockapoo has won twice, but actually n- the first time was in 2008, and then the second time was in 2020. So I don't know why they're concerned now all of a sudden, but I don't know. But that's what they said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this article also noted that the organization has historically played fast and loose with the competition's rules because <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. Sorry for the listeners. You can't see I meant in air quotes. Fast and loose. I should because, have said something. Yeah. yeah because 
Last year's Bird of the Year contest was won by New Zealand's long-tailed bat, which is not even a bird. <laughs> what? I don't know how that happened, but they included that this, in the candidates. This so. contest is chaos. What are they doing? I love it. I love it. That's all I have to say. I guess it's winged creatures is really the yeah. contest. Yeah. They should they should be clear about that, mm-hmm. though. They, sh- they should. Creatures they creatures except for the cockapoo. Ex- yeah, and then like, that's, I, you know, a little unfair, but they're trying to give an underdog yeah. the, a leg up, I guess. Uh, so voting is open right now to the public, and the 2022 winner will be announced on October 31st. So if you want to check it out, you can go to, I have the website here, birdoftheyear.org.nz for New Zealand. So Okay. Yeah, we've got have another animal contest. I like animal yes. contests. Yes, oh no, I'm I'm all for it. More more things for us to trek. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Fast and loose. Ready, set, go. go. Okay, I found this on USA Today. Uh, some McDonald's will start selling Krispy Kreme donuts. Here's where you can get oh, one. Oh, all right. I I largely <laughs> brought this just because it's like two restaurants that we seem to end up talking about a lot. <laughs> we do, because they just have a lot of news. I don't know. They do a lot of things. They do a lot of weird things. They do. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, uh, starting October 26th, some Americans uh, will be able to grab a fresh Krispy Kreme donut with their McMuffin and McCafe coffee. Um, in case you don't know what offerings McDonald's has. Uh, so McDonald's restaurants and Krispy Kreme will begin testing a partnership that allows the burger giant to serve original glazed iced chocolate with sprinkles and raspberry filled donuts all day, uh, both in the restaurant and drive through all right, I'm ready to get drive-thru um, donuts. Yeah, I th- there's a donut place uh, near where we live that does drive-thru donuts, and it is it is a joy. Um, so they said that uh, nine locations around the Louisville, Kentucky area in both Kentucky and Indiana are part of a limited-time test operation. Um, I didn't realize that oh. Louisville was that close to Indiana, but... That's just maybe me not knowing geography. I, I don't know. Wait, Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah. It's close is to Indiana? Not, it did say greater Louisville, Kentucky area. Okay, I'm not trying <laughs> to... I don't know for sure, though. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the geography. Like, how would that... Because there's like Ohio and West Virginia are in between. Yes, please look it up because... And just show me how wrong up. I am because... <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where you don't realize how close it is yeah. because it's like... I'm sure it is because... It's a weird placement. Oh, it's like right on the border. Yeah, it's like there's literally a river near Louisville and on the other side of the river is Indiana. So they're right next to each other. Oh, I see because... Okay, I was thinking... I always think Kentucky is like further south than it is. Because I know it's south no, of Ohio, right but I always feel like it's, like, I think I get, like, the Tennessee, like, Tennessee and Kentucky's positions kind of, like, mixed up in my mind. Yeah. Anyway. I, okay. I'll be honest. I don't have a great sense of, like, 
southern U.S. geography. <laughs> so all I know uh, is that North Carolina is north of South Carolina. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that one's that's easy to remember. It. But okay, I'm looking at it on the uh, map too. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, Makes sense. so <laughs> it is right on the right on the border. Sorry if you're out. listening um, and you're from Louisville. Sorry, we didn't we didn't know exactly what was next to what. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for the last two minutes that you were just screaming at us, <laughs> yeah. screaming into screaming into the void about us not knowing where Louisville is. Um, anyway, uh, the donuts will be delivered fresh daily to the participating McDonald's locations, right. and uh, customers will be able to order individual donuts or six packs. I've never heard six donuts referred to as a six pack before. I don't think. I don't um, think I have but, either, uh, but I like it. It's. <laughs> it, I I had to read it twice because it's like, is that what they normally call? I think they usually call they it a usually half dozen. Call, yeah, right? I was just going to say it's usually a half dozen. <laughs> but, uh, a six yeah. pack. They're changing it up <laughs> in this article. Um, yeah, that's that's really all there is to the right. story. Like I said, I, I mostly just brought it I didn't it know if it, there was going to be, yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I didn't know if there was yeah. going to be anything like special, like Halloween flavors or anything involved in this, or is nope. it just, it's just Krispy Kremes at McDonald's? All right. I guess you could pretend like the raspberry filled one is like filled with blood. Ooh, but that's probably <laughs> that's probably the best you're gonna do. All right. Uh, well, I found this on HuffPost, and apparently Massachusetts has um, chosen a state dinosaur. What? <laughs> they is they that have a an thing? official. Uh, I didn't. I don't think it's normally a thing, but. They have a state dinosaur now. <laughs> uh, it is the official state dinosaur. The legislation was just signed into law to today. No, last night, yesterday. Um, it's and I, I did see some background of why this happened in here. So um, the name, the scientific name of the dinosaur is. <laughs> oh, this is going to be difficult. Podokisaurus. Holyogensis. And huh. there was a social media campaign initiated early last year by state representative Jack Lewis, and that dinosaur received more than 60% of the votes uh, for state dinosaur. And apparently Jack Lewis came up with the idea of a state dinosaur while trying to find engaging projects for the Cub Scout den he led during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And he thought this would get people involved in science and also teach them about the legislative process. So I'm like, okay. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, the scientific name, which I'm not going to try to pronounce again, uh, means swift-footed <laughs> lizard of Holyoke. And it was discovered in Western Massachusetts in 1910 by Mount Holyoke College professor Mignon Talbot the first woman to find, discover, name, and describe a dinosaur scientifically. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So that's breaking news. Massachusetts has a state dinosaur <laughs> now. <laughs> now they've now everyone else needs to come up with one. Too. I know. I want Ohio to have a state think, dinosaur. Yeah, what should Ohio's state dinosaur be? <sighs> okay. I don't know if we would have a state dinosaur though. I think we'd have a state fossil. Or state like artifact, and it would be the arrowhead. <laughs> I just wanted uh, yes. to bring that back. <laughs> yeah, uh, never gonna find one of those yeah, things. I think, one. actually, now that you say something, I feel like the trilobite has something is something oh. for Ohio. I'm, Should we look this I'm up? Look that up I'm looking that up. Okay, Ohio state. trilobite. 
Um, oh my gosh, it is. It totally is a state fossil. It's a state fossil? Yes. I knew I recognized it. Oh my from, how did you know? Something that? sounded familiar. It's, That's awesome. Alex, I, if I if I knew how I knew, I <laughs> I would tell you, but I Yes, did not. it's the we have an official state fossil. <laughs> yes. What website is yeah. statesymbolsusa.com or the little, .org. The little things that get lodged in your brain for some reason and fall out at opportune moments. Apparently the largest trilobite that we know of or have was found in Ohio. Oh, okay. I think that's a good reason. That's what this is saying. Um, because salt water used to cover the state of Ohio, which yep. right because of the the whole like the thing with the we used glacier to be in a shallow and the, sea, all that. Um, yeah. So they found those fossils here. That's cool. Yeah. Fun facts. Fun facts. Now we know two state fossils. Yes. <laughs> Slash dinosaur. I hope more states get a state dinosaur. That's fun. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.